Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast, and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated. Come to where I'm from podcast, episode 116 with Kosha Dills. Who's busy on his phone right now? AKA are we, are, are you starting Rami. To, are Rami. You, are you starting to film this now? It's, we already started. Rolling, dude. <laughs> all this right. is how we all roll. Right. This is what we're doing. You want to put headphones on? I guess. Well, or I not. guess I have no choice. You do have a choice. Yeah. But it's more fun with the headphones yeah, on. Yeah, let's get it on. You know, then oh. you're in the world. There Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Now you're. Then you have a radio voice. Yo. He does. I don't. Yeah. You have a good we, voice, too. Jazz 89.9. We should put bass. Like, Howard Stern uses compression. and On like, top? And then EQ's bass. Hello now. You know what I mean? EQ's like you, the bass out. No, EQ's more uh, bass in. in. Oh. You don't need more bass. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> it's, it amps up the sexy if you amp up the bass. All right, I'll try it. That works with music, too. There you go. I've been I've been mixing new songs lately. Okay. How's it going? It's cool, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming. Excited to be here. Where do you live? I live in Brooklyn right now. Okay, but yeah. moving to Israel? No, no, I was in Israel, and then I... About-faced? Then I came here. Yeah, I came to... Well, I went back to L.A. in the pandemic, and then from L.A. I migrated to Brooklyn. So you didn't last that long in Israel? Didn't last that long, yeah. Before there's <laughs> the end of the world, you know? Right. I mean, yeah, the pandemic started early. I'd like to think more. Yeah. I would have been back there if the tour was, everything went as planned. But it didn't, Joseph. Just like this yeah. podcast was supposed to start earlier, but you weren't here. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I mean. <laughs> so God. We started at 8.36. I'm six minutes late. <laughs> hey, I wasn't counting you. Were That's not, not that bad. That's not that bad. He walked in here frazzled when you weren't here, carrying the speaker, mm. and he forgot his wallet on the subway. Apparently, yeah, yeah, it was really day, yes. Mercury's in retrograde. Well, I mean, well, I, we got a diet Gatorade, so um, I think it worked. No, it's actually Snapple. <laughs> I was just thinking as a rapper what rhymed with retrograde Gatorade. Um, yeah, you know, I didn't. <laughs> You're on to something with yeah. that. That's You should explore that. Yo, I. I Meet or made. It happened. Getting paid. Yes. Laid. Mm, here you go. Don't fade. Mm -hmm, trade. I'm going to join your brigade. Nice. <laughs> All right. Medical aid. Medical aid. <laughs> Um, Man, if we play cards, I hope I get at least five spades. That's an incredible place. <laughs> um, so let me tell you a story about the uh, wallet. So there was these kids dancing on a train doing a show. As they do. And I took out, you know, a dollar. Boom, to just throw them one, you know. And uh, now that I think about it, I should have given them two. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, just, I don't know, I left the wallet or fumbled out of my hand or something. Like, right when I got off the train, and I'm like, I don't have my wallet, right? Let me check. What are the chances I just got pickpocketed on the train? And I did, and of course, I'm a clumsy person. And, uh, you know, someone turned it in. And so I went out. I performed in Union Square. 
And then I, you know, went around and I'm like, nah, no one's going to have this wallet. And I said, you know what? Let me text my friend who works at the MTA. So I texted him and he's like, go to 8th Ave. Because at 8th, you know, it's the end of the L train. And then I went there. Then I went up to 6th, which is the one before that. And then I got back to Union Square and that's where it was. That's a miracle that someone turned it in. And and all the money was there. Everything was there. That's incredible. I mean, I don't... That's a feel-good story. It's you know I knew it was gonna happen though. You know How'd you know? Oh, I just didn't think. It. I just I don't know. It's like there was only twenty four dollars in there. That's why. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If there was like two thousand, maybe it would be different, but maybe not. What um, would you do if you found a wallet with two thousand? I would want to give it back. I'll tell you why. Because the story that happens after the person who gave back the two thousand dollar wallet. That story lives forever, and it's worth way more than two thousand dollars. I mean, it changed the course of somebody's life, and it's not even part of your life. You just like interjected it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you were just like, no, two thousand dollars part of my life. It's not. You just you know came across it. Is that different if it's two million dollars in the wallet? Um, I think if you put two million dollars <laughs> wallet and you want to keep it, you're playing a different kind of game. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone's got to come back and find you. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's not like, oh, I found it on the floor. Like, yeah, sure. You also found, you know, someone's car keys on the floor. Doesn't mean the car is yours. You just found car keys. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, it is nice. You know, but I knew it. I was like, this is New York. New York is the best. New York is the best, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna get all my money back. And I canceled the card right away, you know, just in case. But uh, I also knew it wasn't because someone stole it from me. I knew it because I, like, left it, you know? So it wasn't. So right. I mean, I love finding people's phones and saying, hey, I found your phone. They're like, no way. Thank you so much. I'm like, I didn't I just found it, bro. It's no big deal. <laughs> How long have you been back? In, or is this your first time living in New York? Yeah, my first time ever in my life. It's cool. How long? How long? Well, I just signed a lease like the other week. So this is brand new. This is brand new. Oh, signed a wow. lease in February. <laughs> and what do you make of it? Um, man, I just my my goal is to just you know put furniture in the apartment. Really, it's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm I have that same goal. I'm in a new place. Yeah, and I have a I have a two bedroom and a backyard, and it's cool, man. It's just me. Nice. I live next door to these chefs. They're like amazing chefs. They're like, what are you doing? I don't know. It's got some salmon. They're like, all right, let's do something with it. You're like, really? You want to just do something with it? You're already making friends with your neighbors like that? Well, they knew who I was from music. So. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, there's some of the first. They work at the the Knickerbocker Market next to the L Train Vintage Store in Bushwick. Mm-hmm. Just and we like, I found out, and the girl next door. It's like a girl and two chefs and they the girl has the same birthday as me so we had met at a party and i'm like this girl looks familiar you know what i mean who Sounds is this like person? a sitcom right there yeah <laughs> two chefs a girl yeah and a jewish rapper moving downstairs from maria so how long <laughs> were you in israel for like nine months because you were planning on living there for permanent sort of i vibe. mean i don't think anything's permanent right for but like but yeah. for a, a long term more yeah, right year two years three years four years so why'd you cut it short coronavirus oh really yeah i didn't come here i was coming here to make money i was got a whole tour set up and everything and then obviously everything got canceled and you know now you're shit out of luck you know i came here to make money 
and now all the money was gone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I was like, uh, well, this is what we're going to do now, you know? Oh, so you moved there to live, came here to do a tour, and then just stayed here. Yes. Ah. Mm-hmm. So did you pack up your old place? Yeah, because my parents have a place there, so I have my stuff. Um, and I pack, and I got packed up my spot in L.A. because I had an old spot in L.A. So I was mm. basically like leaving the spot in L.A., getting like, like grandfathering in another group of kids, not kids, but like some other people. And um, yes, I had when I came to New York in July, like we just got in the car and just I had like four bins of shit, like nothing. <laughs> just got rid of everything out there and just that's it. I bring like four bins and. You know. Did you set up a studio in the new spot? Not yet. I want somebody to like really just come through and just say, all right, listen, this is what we're going to do here. Because I got the whole extra room for it. So right. I would love to do it in a studio slash meditation room. Yeah. Yeah. That's my situation. I got a two bedroom and I made one of them my music studio and the other one my art studio. And I'm just living in the rest of the apartment like it's a studio apartment. <laughs> okay <laughs> well i mean obviously you could you know you you don't have to take much effort to go to your art studio you can just walk right. in there barefoot you know exactly. with coffee you don't have to put your clothes on whatever just go yeah. and hop on and then if you decide to go to the next studio you know maybe put some socks on but it's weird because <laughs> you paint like i don't know you i want to paint in the main did you paint this room. yeah okay that's sweet, and man. That. And his fucking jacket. And my jacket. Available yeah, I at realize. JosephArthurStore.com yeah. or whatever it is. Probably. Yeah. Plug it. Yeah. ShopJosephArthur.com. Gorgeous. Love it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, man. I asked for one like two months ago. So How much do they cost? I forget. I think they're like they're three, expensive. 350 350 for a jacket? But like they don't, they cost nearly that to make. I mean, there's Custom. definitely... A price increase but they're made well they're made in america handmade type of cool. thing yeah so god willing you sell a lot of them yeah it's fun i mean or you dress up some supermodels or wear well, that high-end stuff you know there's all kinds of things have you heard of nft mm, nfts new no non-fungible oh non yes i just tokens. read about that what is that so it's I like mean, it's someone, it's i could this, give you dogecoin for that or like or ethereum <laughs> But right. like the digital version of it. Oh, sick. Yeah, I would yeah, totally but, give you a little bit of Bitcoin. But know? I bring it up like because also you can sell your music with tokens like that too. Like yeah, you can, I totally want to take Bitcoin. Ethereum. Um, Ethereum. It's Ethereum. Doge. You're it's making another, fun of it, but. No, I'm not. You're I'm not. not because I bought. songs like privately, right? Yeah, oh. I make custom made rap custom songs made for rap people. Songs. Well, so this like, is it. Like, this is it. Because this, this is... give me. I, I don't have the balls to take my money and start spending going on a little thing on Robin Hood. But I would totally sell my vinyls and everything. Like, just give me some bit, you know, like, whatever. Ethereum. Yeah. Is it only Ethereum? Is yeah. Non-fungible or fungible, fungible tokens. What is it? Ethereum. What it's is Ethereum, Ethereum based of? It's, it's like basically scrapes I'm for digital. I'm just learning about it, but it's it's just another cryptocurrency, but it has more uh, more sort of usability, I guess. Or, um, you can do smart contracts with it, which is interesting because you can hire somebody to do a few tasks and then they get paid automatically after they achieve all the goals and that's the smart contract sick yeah 100 yeah, percent. it's like the internet for money i love it it's blowing up right now though i just read an email about it from like yeah. a big music thing and it says artists are selling 
and using it and they're making millions yeah so I mean, right here yeah well not yet <laughs> I, i'm gonna explore it though and learn it just do the post big on selling stuff i love to sell stuff you know yeah. why because then i don't have stuff that i've sold right, right. you know then i do have it you know what sucks <laughs> is when you have a bunch of stuff that you didn't sell yeah that's like and as an artist you always have a bunch I, of stuff that you didn't sell i just ordered well. a bunch of vinyl and then i was just i went over to uh <clears throat> what's the right like the thompson records and on um, bleecker street and village um village revival uh -huh. and, yeah put the vinyl in the store the guy's like i'll sell it i'm like perfect yeah that's cool I you just, hand delivered it yeah, yeah, because I'm like, you know, and I'm like, who? I've been out the vinyl game for a minute, you know. I released a digital version. I released, I have some CDs. But, you know, put me on a tour and I'll sell it on tour. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll perform a show and then you guys see the show and you buy the vinyl and the shirt and everything and get the hat. And the ashtray. Yeah, whatever. You buy it all, you know, you buy everything. <laughs> whatever you're selling. But. The problem with vinyl is it's like you have to, it's like a three month like pre yeah it took a long time I it takes paid a in, long time to it's a long time it's expensive but so you got to get more for it to really be worth it so I got like five hundred right. and I'm like holy shit I was like we could do five hundred vinyl should have got two hundred I'm like no because you get two hundred for it's like just as much you, the, the waiting price. time yeah you might as <laughs> well just store it. Yeah, if you got storage space for for vinyl, get exact exactly. Yeah, but you know exactly. what? A two bedroom <laughs> fills up faster than you think. I thought like mm -hmm. when I moved into it, it was going to be like, oh, I'll have space for days, but no, it fills up because a two bedroom in Brooklyn is different than a two bedroom in like I don't know South Carolina or wherever. It's just yeah. different. Have you ever slept on the floor? Um, in places, not in my own place. Yeah, I've been. I like that. At other places or your own place? No, just my own place. I heard, I know people that have done that. I started doing it and it's I've like, never talked the to floor, them. Yeah, and I, explain yeah. what pillow and then on the floor? I put down two yoga mats and like a comforter and or maybe two comforters. Okay, so it's, so like, it's like a sleeping bag situation. <laughs> and then, you know, Make and then your I got own sleeping bag. pillows. I mean, yeah, it's basically a sleeping okay. bag vibe. But I, but I was just in a hotel in Seattle. And uh, sleeping on a you know a plush bed, and I didn't like it as much. <laughs> Yo, know, listen, everyone has what they prefer, and yeah. you prefer laying on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> so r lately. Yeah. But it's nice when you're in a new apartment because you can explore different. Do I like sleeping in this room or? This I just room? fell asleep on my couch last night for the first time mm -hmm. in a new couch that I got. I'm actually I'm I'm upcycling my entire apartment, mm. so. Um, yeah, just everything is free or stooped from the street. Oh, right. Um, so, so I'm like, my neighbor has tons of, sh tons of shit. And I'm like, yes. And they're like, we got to bring you this and mirrors. And cause she does set design. Right. So they just got so much extra stuff. Wow. They just want to get rid of it. And they're like, well, we could design your apartment. I'm like, yeah, who wants to put stuff in here? Let's That's do it. Karma. Because you, you know what? Cause when I do <laughs> get up and leave again, I have no attachment to any of this shit. Cause it's right. all free. I have spent money on the bed and that's it. That's good. Yeah, you can find great shit in New York on the street. Yeah, because it costs more money to like get rid get of rid it of than it. And yeah. just fucking four hundred. No, it's and everybody's junk. moving. Everybody's moving. So, but I don't feel like New York is like a nightmare. People like talk about, oh, it's like fucked up and all this, and I know it is, but it doesn't feel bad to be here when you're in the city. No, I wouldn't be anywhere else. There's definitely like and. and everyone's like is it dangerous is it scary i do feel like you there is 
like I the the chances of me getting into a random fist fight are like accelerated within New York. <laughs> I just want to say that specifically to this city. Why is that? But um, like I don't know. It just it's happened. I think it's because is... if you're on the street with street people, and I do a lot of street performing, like mm. since the pandemic happened, um, yo, it's just like today a guy like came and he started ripping up his like medical papers. And he was really crazy. So I just turned to beat down. You know mm. what I mean? I just turned to beat down and hopefully we keep talking to himself and go along. And then he's like, why'd you turn to beat down? Blah, blah, blah. Why are you talking? You know, I'm better than you. And he started like rapping at me and I'm just like, okay, buddy. I was like, okay. You know what I mean? It's all good. It's was all he good. good? No, no, yeah, no, <laughs> no. But he had a super New York accent and he was like fresh out the loony bin. And, and with all due respect, you know what I mean? Like people, yeah, listen. Seriously, wherever you can, like I, I totally what, and I learned, I learned that, um, but I just, you know, I'm here to try to work and I just lost my wallet and now you're screaming at me and ripping up your medical papers and scaring everyone else in the park, walking by, no one wants to come talk to me or look at my vinyl or anything. Because, Where were you doing that? Uh, Union Square. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. How, Cause it's a market. Have, how long have you been doing that? Street in the, performing? In the pandemic. I've done it before, but like. In New York specifically, I feel like I've caught a vibe here, and it's really nice. That's cool. I actually should do that too. So it's out there freestyle? for the taking. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'd go out in the street and just freestyle, and then I'll go on a live stream IG and just put up the Venmo Cash app and just entertain people and say, "Here we are in New York City." Okay, so you're doing it on uh, live doing it live and, and in real life. You know, that's people, cool. Yeah. So. You know, I mean, the content's priceless, you know, because people are, and you, someone's always coming up with the camera. Someone's someone's doing a little documentary. Someone's doing something. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, so today, even some guys that came up and interviewed me, they were like, they do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever, let's go. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Fucking, let's talk about fighting. You know, let's talk about you're being a black belt in jiu-jitsu. And that's what... And it was you, the guy that lost his mind and ripped up his medical papers, and I lost my wallet. And that's basically the topic of today. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that was, it, today wasn't a, I wouldn't say today was not a good day. It was like one of my worst days for street performing. You just didn't make tips or what? Just, it was just the energy was crazy. Yeah, that. Plus, you know, I lost stuff. But, like, today was successful just because I, like, mailed out all the vinyl orders I had. I had a lot of vinyl orders. Um, which was great because I like learned, I just discovered where my post office was, but it's saying, yeah, as far as like the, the vibe of the street performance, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm just not going to post that. Nah. Um, some days are good. Some days are bad, but it's about going on the off days. It's not about the good days, right? Yeah, it's about, exactly. you, you go out and get four bad days, you know, like on a tour, you do a Monday, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but you know, everyone wants the Friday, Saturday money. Mm -hmm. You know, or the Sunday brunch money, you know, but that's not life. You know what I mean? It's like the off days. Yeah, it's about like pushing through no matter the, no matter if you feel like exactly, it or not. Exactly, because that's the spot where you never know. You that's never so know. true. I had a great day today. I woke up early, went on a five-mile run early in the morning. Nice. I do five-milers. Yeah, before eight. This was my first five-miler in a while, cause, and I was doing longer like a few months ago, and then you, I fell off. 
And then it was like two and a half mile ones. I'm coming up on a year since I did the marathon. I did the LA marathon in March. That's crazy. Really? It was the last mass like running thing. And then they shut everything down. Everyone's wow. like, I can't believe they're not shutting the LA marathon down because of coronavirus. Was it your first one? Yeah. That's awesome. It was the most, oh, man, talk about a mind boggling experience to run. It's hard, but to run with everyone, so much easier. Like you're prepping for it by yourself, yeah. and you have the power and the energy of the crowd cheering you on, Psh, game over. Really? It's a wrap. Have you done one before? No, but I want you to. You could do I it. I respect that a lot. You could do it. You could do it. And I trained. I I really like, to be honest, I I ran, ran it because of a girl, and this girl told me I could run a marathon, and I was like, I'll run a marathon. So I ran, you know, three, four... I did a, did a six. It's like, oh my God, I did six miles. Mm -hmm. We're going to take it up a notch. And then I just jumped to 15. Right. I just, when I got back to Israel, I went this way, seven miles, seven, eight miles, and then back, you know, yeah. in the middle of the night, like jet lagged. But I, I had the headphones on, Bluetooth, bought yeah. the Bluetooth at the airport, game over bluetooth headphones and some rap music and running and your own imagination as a musician creative you could pretend you're having a conversation with someone for you know 30 minutes it's and the best it's like running dude it's like you're breathing all this oxygen half of it is just the wim hof like getting all the oxygen in it's just oxygenate yourself I don't know about that as far as the oxygen. Well, like. it forces you to breathe a lot. That's mm -hmm. what I mean. I would say where I started, I was training in Utah, like mm -hmm. my first runs in the end of January. February, I ran in Israel. March, I ran in LA. I, after I did the 15 mile, like my feet were literally like, I was like literally, I was in, sh I felt like my body was shattered. Then I ran the 20 mile. You're supposed to do a 20 mile. Like when you train, this is what people told me. Mm -hmm. I knew nothing about marathons, nothing. I just wanted to run because this girl said to run a marathon. And then the 20, after I did that, I was like, I'll just do like a six. And then you just show up game day. I got to the 20 mile and then like my body began to shut down. Like, I So were you worried that you might not make it? Um, like I felt the blisters and stuff in the last six miles, like on my toes and things like that. I got yeah. new shoes and then I... Like, I had to take, like, a salt pill or something like that. They had these salt pills that you take. Because um, you're getting excited, and people are in L.A. They're, like, giving out donuts and shit, and you're, like, running. You're, like, here you go. I'm like, oh. And you're just drinking all this water, but your body's, like, in shock. You can't even urinate. The salt pills are, like, the, the salt elec pills electrolytes. That, yes, so it, it prevents you from going into cramps. Right. And at the end, dude, I was literally, like, crawling the last six miles was just so hard. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the worst experience of my life. Was the girl at the finish line or was she running? No, with no, I never. Asked, what the, what no. was the prize from the girl? No, nothing, <laughs> nothing. She just, she, no, nothing. It, she wasn't, no, she was she no longer there. present. No, she was did not. Did you text her and say, Hey, I did it. I did. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah, <laughs> did she it. respond? She responded. What'd yeah. she say? Good for you, buddy. <laughs> like, yeah. That was it. It's like one of those things. It was one of those things. Oh, like I was, was just yeah. kidding. <laughs> it didn't really matter. In fact, in fact, I was like, Cause, cause I always dreamed of it. I always dreamed of running a marathon. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. 
Like you've also probably always dreamed, like I can do this. You know what I'm saying? You're running, mm-hmm. this, you know, I was thinking this marathon, and here comes Kosha Dills, and you're like, "Fuck, no, I can't." I'm gonna do it. it. <laughs> it's like you threw the gauntlet down. Yeah, dude, yeah. you should run it. Most I've run is like I think like 14 miles, something like that. I've done that a few times. If you could do 13. 14, dude, easy. You don't yeah. even have to try. Like, dude, just show up and do right. it. Show you could literally, coffee. but the dr- the joy. Listen, and this is very much as our as music. It's like you could go make an album tomorrow and release it on Friday. Yeah. But the joy of it is to revisit it and dig in and see the growth and the changes and the things you don't want to do and shorten your time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, I go back, I could run a marathon tomorrow too, but will I do it in six hours or I would do it? I did my time was like four hours and 50 minutes. And like, I stopped cause like a, it was like a Jewish holiday. It was like Purim and like a, and a rabbi stopped me to like rap to fill in. It was just crazy. It was just like crazy things that were happening. Cause it was LA. There's all these people out. Right. And this is the end of coronavirus. The world is about to shut down. And I know like specific things stopped, shortened, lengthened my time. Um, and my buddy told me, he goes, if you go and you do the training and then you cut your time down to like four hours and 10 minutes, I mean, now you're talking like now, now we're really kicking some ass because now you're getting better. Like yeah. now you're elevating your life. Well, and that's, that's, what, it. that's the, what it's about. It is. The brain arose to facilitate movement. I was at a party one time and a biologist said that to me and it blew my mind. The, say it again. The brain arose to facilitate movement. So the brain's primary purpose is movement. And even organisms that like amoeba-like organisms in the sea that move at a certain point of their journey, once they latch on to a stone and they're never going to move again, they digest their whole nervous system because it's useless. It, it's there for movement. So the reason I'm, the reason that's interesting is if you're doing something like boxing or yoga or running, something that you're trying to improve upon, like what you're saying, mm-hmm. uh, your brain is just, that's when the best ideas come, the most inspiration, because your brain is like free. It's doing its function. I started uh, journaling every day, like, and I don't really do that, you know what I mean? But I do well, now. You, you clearly do. I do now. That's something yeah. we do. Yeah. Over at, in Brooklyn. That's what we have been writing. I was doing it in New Jersey. I was, when I was, like, I've been doing it for a month and like a half, maybe two months. And uh, pretty much every day. When? In the morning, first thing? Trying to. If I don't, my life, my life is drastically different. Mm-hmm. Like today I didn't journal. That's why I've had a shit day. Mm. It could be, a, it could be a comparable to that. Um, and uh, it's just like draining your brain of like all these thought patterns, you know, you're like, blah, 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 is it blah, morning blah. pages or journaling? Like you're like writing what yeah, happened like, in, like the day before? No, or, no, 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 no. It's just like or, thoughts really, you know, yeah. sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it switches on and off. I don't even read it. I just yeah put it out there. That's and, great. Uh, the last time I did that, really, at a time in my life, I was in jail. I was like writing every day, I was writing, writing, writing. I was like, I'm gonna write a book, I write every single day in here, and I have all those that stuff done. And then just wrote, you gotta wrote, edit wrote. it now. I had someone edit it, yeah. Uh, oh, really? So you did write the book? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah, that yeah. called? Um, well, I mean, it's not essentially a name. Um, I think we were like we were trying to make it sort of a Jewish book 
and because I do a program called From Jails to Judaism, because I was like really not into being Jewish. Like the whole kosher deal's identity wasn't even born yet. But I, when I got out of there, I was like, oh, I'm going to do kosher deals. And um, so, you know, just having stuff photocopied and like scanned and stuff to be like to see the original stuff because it's hard to even understand what I was the way I was thinking at that time I was a flagrant drug addict my my language skills were just it was way different than now (laughs) you know what I mean but -hmm. it is very interesting to look back and people are very interested to see what it's like you know like people have a past jail you mean or like just anyone's personal past like for me to look back at what I was writing back then and seeing analyzing it now as an adult and then I was this kid where were you in jail on Ocean County and uh selling ecstasy oh that one yeah and then then I was there for a little short time in Middlesex County. Um, How much time did you get? Uh, three months. It was supposed to be nine months, and then it was supposed to be five years. It became nine months, and then you get parole. Were you freaked out when when it first came down? Like, it yeah, could because be five I'm like, years. what happened to the fucking? What happened to like? You know, you get off the first time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and they're like, no, you're going. This is my first offense. Is right. What a happened? Ecstasy is a felony. Class, it was like the worst. It was like a. it was like you just saw like oxycontin on the cover of New York Times. That was like ecstasy back in the early 2000s. It was like yeah. ecstasy is killing everyone. Uh, you know, my daughter was a cheerleader. Now she's nothing. You know, you know, it was like that was a. So they made an example out of me. How'd I you guess. get caught? Um, you sold it to a cop. Undercover, probably. Uh, the second second time, yeah. Yeah, second time. Um, the first time, I was just we just woke up wasted on a beach, and there was like a bonfire, and you know, everyone was just being stupid, and you just had a bunch of ecstasy on me. Right. And then the other guy had the same kind on him, too. <laughs> so he turned on me, and you know, yada, yada, yada. You know the story. That sucks. Wait, so you got arrested twice? Well, I've been arrested more than that, but it's all, you know, but for you those really big. For the second, for the second one? For the first one. For the first. For the second one, you're like, oh man, I'm definitely going away for a long time now. Because the second one I was set up, it was like a whole operation. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, so <laughs> what, what else did you go to jail for? <laughs> uh, this summer. Um, I was at the I got I got arrested at one of the uh, riots, but that was just oh. for a little bit. That was just in the paddy wagon, oh, okay. which was also a new experience. I'd never been on a bus one with other people. Uh, one of the uh, protests oh, in okay. L.A. Yeah, in L.A. Black Lives Matter protests. Yeah, so that happened. But you didn't do any time for that. No, I mean you just say let's go. And I actually dropped. I think I'm in a class action lawsuit for like getting, you know arrested falsely at least in la that's what happened in la right la is getting sued by the national lawyers guild or some shit everybody's moving out of la i guess yeah man i was watching something about people leaving california today it's insane yeah Yeah. it's interesting it is interesting half the people are moving to austin yeah and i guess for the uh, snow i guess (laughs) joe rogan and dave Chappelle are like buying up all kinds of stuff Stuff in austin Austin. and they're gonna make it the new la and elon musk left for austin too yeah it's crazy austin's a bomb dude yeah austin's great i mean i'm doing south by southwest you know the digital one coming up and he's like only three inch i go i throw shows at south by every year called oive and it's a big thing (laughs) it's a it's it's huge i've been doing it for 
six years street uh, shows nah like official showcases oh, they okay. give me my own thing and i book big artists too from all over the world that's you cool know. how'd you get into music um you know my buddy uh was a rapper his name was yak balls he was a big free he wasn't a freestyle rapper he was in the battle scene in new york and uh, we played soccer together and uh he was in and yeah i started rapping Everyone's listening to hip hop, Wu Tang. We were li- I grew up thirty minutes away from Staten Island, um, and I was like, you know, we all smoked weed. and went to the New York and Poets Cafe, and they had an extra space on stage. And I said, yeah, I'll go on stage. Let's do it. And I got a lot of cheers, and I've been chasing those cheers ever since. I was age of seventeen, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? And then, uh, man, I remember it like it was yesterday. Like I remember the whole thing. I was Can on the you explain balcony. The battles thing to me because I wasn't here during that era. Oh, basically, like you're on stage and you're gonna go up and say, you know, that my mom's a whore, and then I'm gonna go on stage and be like, you're overweight and your wife's gonna leave you, and you know, but your rhyming. But rhyming. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But rhyming. <laughs> And freestyle, and yeah, off and freestyle, the cuff. and off the cuff. You got to make something personal about that guy right there, then. Yes. So people but, know that or it's you not could prepare, all just. Or you could prepare, and at that time, a lot of people were just preparing stuff and making like more generic things. So like a generic rap line would be like, um, "This is just a proven scam." He's like, "You're a super loser, not a Superman," and with your Superman shirt or something like that. And which, which I could be like, sort of. You know, he has a Superman shirt. But, or, you know, and that could be like a generic, there could be like a generic thing or point. That's pretty good. I mean, yeah. you know, Superman reference. Oh, you know, you, I can make a teeth reference, like referencing him, like, um, I guess, like, you don't want beef in this business. And your teeth look like yellow chiclets or something. Everybody's like, I remember chiclets. I'll be like, oh, you know. Yeah, but and, his girl's a dentist. Yeah, so. so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just saying. But, but that could be like a generic. I could probably use that on anybody. So mm. like it's changed over the time. And that was, you know, that was just, you know, battle rap at the time. And, you know, and I you mean, just picked up on it. It was just your well, thing. Well, yeah, it's just like I loved competing. I wrestled my whole life. So I just liked one on one fighting. I liked competition. I liked not being friends with somebody. You do? I liked, well, I probably. <laughs> you like conflict? Yes, I enjoy conflict. Yeah, why, conflict why? and confrontation. Um, I don't know. Something I like, I like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, yeah. you have, I have my own mental issues and I like to take them out on other people, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> mm, that's so revealing. <laughs> no, nah, I mean. In a kind of like psychopathic sort of way or what? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> for the battle rap, it's it's great, you know. And for, I mean, I had a discussion about this when I was street performing today, talking about to the to the guy, and he saw my ears, and they were they were the black belt in jujitsu. They were just ta- they were, we were talking about fighting in jujitsu. What your ears have the cauliflower yeah, I have, yeah, ears? I have cauliflower. Yeah, what's that? Oh, that means when like when you get hit a lot, hit a lot in, in your yeah, in wrestling jujitsu, your, your ears become cauliflower. Cauliflower. So you have to get surgery on your ears. That's three surgeries in my right ear. Oh, so you actually two, have yeah, 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 yeah. Mine looks like normal because I got Just surgery. Just from wrestling? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, I'm losing I'm my train of thought. so much today. Well, <laughs> the, you good. were talking about the jujitsu guys. Um, people that know how to fight and know how to have conflict don't look for conflict. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, yeah, and that's a, something we we learned, you know? So the battling stuff is, is cool. Um, and I still like it too. But like, 
You know, I'm not going to battle like the crazy guy that's ripping up his medical papers on the street. But now that I think about it, maybe I should like and just film it and be like, here's me battling some fucking homeless guy, you know, that's lost his mind and hates me. <laughs> that's the content of the day. And it's, it's, it could go viral. Kosher, you know, Kosher Dills raps. Where do guy. you post on YouTube or on uh, Instagram? Instagram a lot. I do the YouTube too, but my YouTube is not as successful as my Instagram, but yeah. you know. TikTok? Yeah, TikTok too. The other day, I did a TikTok of my neighbor building an igloo, and it got eighty thousand views. Wow. Then I posted a, a uh, me rapping in the blizzard, and it got two hundred. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everyone has their own choice of success out there. Yeah, <laughs> social talking. media is a funny game. It's like sometimes I have a lot of energy for it, and then other times I have to kind of just disconnect. Yeah, no, for sure. Know, and just work. Like Someone lately, just, I've been working on music and just yes. focusing on tracks like you're saying and just mm -hmm. digging deeper into them and when they're like start revealing themselves as like realized it's such such a magical feeling i think like man i've had this my whole life this place i can go and do mm. this and it's like it's such a good gift i think making songs and just locking into the studio and shutting everything off mm -hmm. is super amazing it's the best um you know, social media, like I remember somebody like telling me to like get off MySpace because it was so consuming me. And I remember like I thought I was literally going to die not being on MySpace at a time in my life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. And now I have to do it with Instagram. Like, you know, I have to delete the app when I'm like if I'm not. So I don't just start randomly scrolling because I, I mean, I'm sober 16 and a half years. Like I have an really? addictive personality. That's, That's great. I have a. I have an addictive, really addictive personality. So for that reason, like I could literally be on scrolling, you know, on uh, Instagram for, you know, hours upon hours with no, and then just also, and then you start feeling, it doesn't enhance my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have to like take the necessary action to how to navigate those things. So when you make music and you lock in a studio, you know, everyone could go fuck themselves and I'm just going to be here until I make these bangers. And then I'm just like, yes. And now I have these songs that could take me to the next level because mm -hmm. I had a, because I just shut my phone off. Imagine that. Yeah. yeah. Imagine that. Imagine when musicians made music and they couldn't scroll on Instagram in the studio. Mm -hmm. Just the other year it happened and they've been doing it for years. So it's like, you know, I find it like, like when I'm in that space and I am super focused and super like just that's what I'm into doing the work it seems so easy and effortless and it's like of course but then there's so much time where it's difficult to get into that space do you find that and then if you do how do you get yourself in that space that's a great question for me and this is my biggest fear about having a studio in my own place is that when I pay for a studio mm -hmm. and I come to your space and you're like, here's the clock, mm -hmm. you know, it's like working out at home or paying money to go to the gym. You go to right. the gym and it's all there, right? It's everything. Bench is this. You're like, dude, this is amazing for $35, $50 a month, yeah. right? And then everyone's like, well, you don't know if you would go and you spend the $50 a month. You don't, you don't always use it. It's not worth it. But for me, if I spend some money on something, yeah. like that's how I kind of operate. I, I do. I give myself a deadline or you have two weeks you locked out the studio now it's up to you to go get everything in you know and it's yeah. having a personal trainer i need some sometimes you need i need a little shove you know it's hard for me to do it by myself yeah the limitation of, of the clock is great for music and any art you know having limitations but for for in but 
when I have somebody who could really engineer, like if I think, you know what, I know myself and I'm not getting this shit done. I'm even though I'm not spending money by not spending money, I'm actually losing all my, I'm losing my time. My money, you know what I'm saying? I'm losing yeah. everything. I was like, I've been here for what a month and I haven't recorded a song this month. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, so you need to say, shut up. Okay. Treat yourself to a day. Spend, don't go out to eat, you know, seven restaurants, go home and cook and, you know, spend it on a good studio with a good engineer to get in there to really, you know, find your, find your vibe. Yeah. Um, that's how it works for me, but that's how I've made some of the best songs in my life. Yeah. Did you grow, do you have any siblings? Mm-hmm. Two. Two? Mm-hmm. Brothers or sisters? Bros. Two brothers. Yes, sir. Where are you in the... The youngest. The youngest. Uh-huh. What do they do? One is a strength trainer. He's like uh, the, the original dude, like he was doing lifting tires in like the 2000s. You know, he was the guy that was... Before, you know, it telling it, before it was popular, telling people to run with sleds and shit and like parking lots and stuff. And he was putting signs up on trees. And uh, my other brother uh, teaches self-defense in the Orthodox Jewish community, like uh, how to, and like active non uh, how to disarm active shooters without being a shooter. Like someone comes into your synagogue and starts saying like, you know. We're going to kill everybody, you know, what to do, things, how to react, stuff like that. So you guys all learned how to fight. We all wrestled. Yeah, we all wrestled. Yeah. What did your folks do? Um, My dad was an engineer. Mom was a nurse. So just an immigrant family, really just. And what what, what led you guys to wrestling and fighting and stuff? Um, I think my dad said he's like, I wanted my kids to be tough Jews. (laughs) You know, something like that. Yeah, and he's from, like, the Eastern Bloc of, you know, where he'd hate, you know, he's former Romania, um, Transylvania. That's where he's from. And, uh, yeah, my my dad, that's what they wanted us to do, and it's, like, what I did, you know, soccer and that, so. Yeah, and then what let, and then did you go do that in college, too, wrestling? Yeah, yeah. Where did you go to college? Rutgers. Rutgers. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, boys to do well in college. Um, I don't think I was a superstar, but, you know, the drugs came and then that was it. Wrestling out the door. Yeah, and then the music, man. And then, you know, the music has kind of taken me all over the world. Yeah. So you started doing that in college, recording and stuff like that? Yeah, my dream was just to put out a vinyl in college. And I left with like two felonies and jail time, but I got the record out in 05, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Years later, I put the record out. I remember it. I remember. Did I remember, you get a deal or something like that? I never got any deal. No. You know, it's so funny. I have more discussions with major labels today at my my age than than earlier. To the other day, I was talking to somebody about getting a distro deal with Universal, and just like, I don't know, it just seems. I don't odd. think age matters. I think at I, this point it doesn't. I, I at this think point it's, it don't. If you if you can connect, that's if it. People, you know, I think when you think about age mattering, you think that. You are unable. I have more of an ability to connect to younger communities that I wanted to be involved in six years ago now because maybe I've learned how to just operate more authentically, you know, or right. just people just say, you know what, I, it clicked for me and I, we, we like this and that's it, you know. Um, so with your point of saying that age doesn't matter, I think it does matter for the artists actually to yeah. get older. Cause it, it's the artist's job to connect. It's well, not you the crowd. Like Twenty-seven. 
Dude, you know, I think the main point of age is food. to be, <laughs> <laughs> is that I'll live longer than everybody. And that's, you know, that's why when you date a younger woman, you're like, it doesn't matter if you're going to die first, you know, we got to think. <laughs> Is that your situation? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I just thought about that. I was like, it's a line. You're like, well, you're, I'm younger and you're older. I'm like, well, you're going to die first. So it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> so where did you record that? Um, oh, this? Um, mm-hmm. Kosha Dills. Nobody cares except you. Yes, I recorded that. Man, let me think about Oh, so Mike Machinist. I recorded some of these songs in Jersey City, Hoboken area. Nice. Um, Maybe it was maybe this exact specific place uh, was West Orange. It's <laughs> <laughs> a high class. You revealed the You're expensive like, high on. class situation. Yeah, sponsor us, Snapple. Um, so, and then I rec- then I recorded some of that in Los Angeles. I recorded a song with Gangsta Boo there. I recorded one of the songs at Modest Yahoo's place. Um, He's on the album, right? Set, yeah, track two. Mm-hmm. Matis. Is that a co-write? Um, uh, yeah, I guess we wrote it together. Yeah, that's a good one. Um. And then recorded some in Brooklyn. Recorded a bunch of other songs in Brooklyn, actually. Yeah, Williamsburg. Right. Yep. And this dude, Mike, and who's in Austin, shout out to Mike Machinist, he uh, mixed and mastered a record. So when did this come out? Um, digitally in October. And this just, the vinyl just dropped. So this is like brand, brand not new. even fresh. a week old. Yeah, super fresh. So, you know, Rami Evan fresh. That's it, you know. Yeah, my last name is it? my last name is Evanesh. So people used to say, Rami Evanesh. Rami, your life's a mess. Oh, Rami Evanesh. <laughs> um, Rami Evanfresh. I'm very excited about it. It's great. Why didn't you go with Rami Evanfresh? I mean, I, didn't, I was thinking about doing a name change when I get, you know, in my 40s. Just so you know, Poppy, speaking how words have a lot of meaning kosher deals. the name of his his last name is evan esh in hebrew that's stone fire stone fire it's, stone it's fire. like a it's a heavy name like yeah evan i would esh. be huge in the yoga community for sure right <laughs> do you do yoga um no but uh you know i stretch the thing with I the morning routines like what we were talking about earlier with the journaling is when you break it down like the all the things you're sort of supposed to do is the exercise, you know, take a run or whatever, yoga, then journaling, then meditation. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's I mean, a lot. You get you have to like kind of wake up and just go. Right. You know? Exactly. I today I put on some meditation music and I was waiting for it to change. It was like I was like it's and it went on for a minute. I was like, is this is there going to be any alteration here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but here's a, actually I'll share with this with you. So I did like some really deep work on journaling and uh, just like really digging into some dark areas of my life. I think in, in the areas of like relationships. And this guy told me to like write and envision your or see a picture of you as a child. Mm-hmm. And like because most of our issues are like all related to our childhood, whether, you know. So like that you were the person that was there for the uh, for the child and I went and I was journaling and like 10 days in a row I cried every day mm-hmm. like ugly cry like I haven't cried like this in years mm. and uh, I haven't been able to do that in a while but um I think it's super important to journal for for whatever reason it's it's it has been and it's really it was really powerful 
to like look at these pictures of me as a child from like school and stuff and just thinking of like, well, what was I thinking back? You know what I mean? And then writing to the inner child. Writing. Yeah. You're like writing to this person and that, or you're like imagining that you are there with this person while you're writing and you're like the father of this young child. Right. You know? Yeah. That sounds like John Bradshaw work. Have you ever heard of him? Mm Mm-mm. He does a lot of healing inner child someone stuff. Someone told someone told me about this dude, and I was like, someone told me about to write it, so I just did it, and I was like, holy god. Yeah, yeah. His thing is like, if you have a fear or some kind of recurring rumination that's negative or dark or something, you go down to like the a ch- your first childhood memory where that that feeling came up, and then mm-hmm. you like go down to your inner child and you say to the, your inner child like, hey, you're safe. This is like. I'm hearing your what you're feeling and you sit with the feeling and and it does it really like if you do do that kind of work it does it elevates Dude, I just felt like when I was writing and I was like, man, it's like I don't know, if you're right like writing on about like I was in my family's house so when I was looking for the apartment so I was like having these experiences with my father and my mother that I really haven't had in a long time it was really nice to be home and um to see Good the family day. yeah 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 super dope and like I'm really fortunate my family's been my mo- mom and my dad have been married over 50 years so mazel tov and this is a mazel tov you know um, it's crazy to think that people could be in a relationship for so long and just not split up, even if they have tons of differences or who knows what happened, right? But um, just things from like all the way back to my family and the Holocaust to you think about all these things like generational things that happened that created us with these genes and things that people went through. And the trauma is generational. The trauma, the trauma generational trauma, gets yeah. passed down. Yes. So I look at it as I'm like, oh my God, I have to deal with all this. And then my brother has to deal with all that. And my other brother deals with all that. I'm the only one that's in recovery from being sober. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I at least had like some tools of like therapy. I went to therapy for eight years in right. a row. Um, so yeah, man. And it's, it's, it's crazy. Like right now I'm like really comfortable at my age and being around younger people and being a younger rapper and explaining the music. And it's humbling. Like I'm rapping on the street right now, selling my record. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I was on tour with everyone. My, everybody, you know what I mean? And everyone was. No one's on tour right now. Yeah. So that's what I'm choosing to do right now, you know? But as a um, touring artist myself, I like look at that and you doing street performance and respect it. I think it's cool. I want to do it too. It's inspiring, actually. I just think, thank you. Yeah. Um, I want to like, acknowledge you said it's inspiring. Um, it's definitely not for everybody, but for me, it's like, what a great way to like meet people in my city and the people that do like it are awesome. And the people that don't like it, cause I'm single and I would see a girl would see me and they're like, Oh, I would never date him cause he street performs. Well, I wouldn't want to somebody, be with somebody, somebody like that. that. No, but I'm just saying, for instance, like that's a fear, right? Oh, right. You're like, oh my God, what are they going to think of right. you? Right. Like, oh, you're a street performer. Yeah. Oh, you're a street like performer. A form yeah. of you're a lower, yeah. you're, you're like beneath the surface. Like one, it's not the only thing I do. Two, you don't know how much money I earn, which is your own insecurity. Three, even if you think that way about other street performers, right, yeah. which is would be reflective, I would say, what I ever want to be with 
the person that like that's like that. Well, I you think I mean? everybody's living in this time where we all have the ability to put ourselves out there if we yes, want. If we want. And and it's difficult. I think it's it's like it's really difficult to share, but I find if I'm not sharing actively sharing my evolution, I lose it. It's like, you know, like they say in the 12 step program or whatever, you got to give it away to keep it. Mm -hmm. I think that is so true with life. And I find like when I do share evolution stuff that it definitely does make me flourish in, in healing and stuff. And I, I think, so I think like if somebody sees a street performer nowadays, it's just respect. Cause it's like, that's a person who's over overcoming the demons of stopping you everyone w wants to express themselves but so many are stopped by their internal demons and you're somebody who's freed yourself to the degree that you can do that i think it's a very shallow person that would judge that as like oh they're somehow not right something because right. they're doing that on the street especially in this covid era mm -hmm. you know that's it's shifted our reality has shifted a lot yeah it has you know and 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 we are all shifting a lot and it's a lot <laughs> <laughs> it is <laughs> i don't know but i i've only met you twice i've only met rami for that's the first it. time last year and he came in to do um a live stream at Bowery just randomly. Mm -hmm. It was like a rap. It was like a rap night or something. Or, or, and you just seemed your personality was that you were a hustler. You were a hard worker. You were doing everything yourself. You had that drive. Like mm -hmm. I, I could sense it from you. So you just going the extra step now and doing the street performance and just doing whatever and selling and it, it just fit sell, that, sell. that first reaction I had from you that that's, that's who you were. Thank you. Um, I want to say that, um, I forgot what I was going to say. And you Damn. had merch and you had like, yeah, your merch was cool. And I remember you had some kosher deals thing that I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, amazing. Um, and I liked your music. That's, I, I, that's, I, the, it's that's not the key. My thing, but your songs were catchy. That's the key, right? People have to like the music, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but I was going to go back to the thing you said about connection of like. Throwing yourself out there. The one thing. Well, no, I don't remember what I was going to say. Um, and I'll, we'll go back to connection. Uh, I, want, I want to say this before I forget it. I feel specifically that in the city of New York and everywhere around the world that people, especially next level creatives and next level people are looking for this connection inspiration and they're looking for it on the street they're going through mm -hmm. they're thinking they have these deep like life-changing financial phone calls and they need to see something that's going to be like boom right in in their face that's going to be like whoa i need to talk to this guy like i feel like if kanye saw me on the street he would stop immediately and join me and be like this is this is what like they these are where viral moments are created this is going to happen and it's just a matter of time before it happens. You know what I mean? But if you're staying in your house and you're in your head, that moment is not happening. That's and true. these these moments have happened for me in the past. I had a I got a commercial outside the Grammys. I was rapping on the street. I thought I was going to be at the Grammys. You were manifesting. And I manifest and I got a fifty thousand dollar commercial. 
and I got a million views on a YouTube in, in LA. And you know, these are just things that happen because you put yourself out there. So why wouldn't it happen again? Yeah. And t- you know, that's true. And life is short. It's like, you just kind of got to get after it. It's yeah, dude. and it's more fun anyway. So it's like, even if the viral moment doesn't happen, exactly. it's like you, you gave yourself, you know, you gave yourself a mission and, and like, that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, we're all running on extreme amounts of delusion and and then you you sometimes can amp your delusion into an agreed upon delusion called reality but Amazing. like <laughs> wow you know. um what is it a hundred times a thousand is a million Something. I think so. So I'll, like after three you. years, yeah, it sounds like <laughs> it sounds, sounds about so, right. I mean, if you get a bunch <laughs> of videos, hundred times a thousand is a million. hundred times a thousand. It's a hundred times a hundred times ten thousand. Hold on, is it a hundred thousand? It you is. You hit it a is. soft spot here with us in math. Over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like nah, Let's do it. not a fortune. <laughs> do it, do it, do it. Not like <laughs> I guess it is a hundred thousand <laughs> when I really think about it. A hundred times ten is a thousand. So, are you trying to manifest Kanye on the street? I would love. (laughs) I would love to manifest Kanye. I manifested one of Kanye's producers on the street, Mm. Mm -hmm. and it happened. And I connected with him, and he's an awesome guy. So, who are your favorites? Um, Is is Kanye one of your favorites? Yeah, because he's not only is he an amazing artist, but he's an entertainer, and he's like, he's like a a, a rep. He's like. he shifts culture. He didn't just shift music. Right. I think that was like the Beastie Boys shifted culture. They didn't just shift music. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you think of when I was rapping as a Jewish rapper to come in, I had Necro and I had Modest Yahoo. And those were like the Jewish represent. That was like my world, right? That's like the music I listened to. Necro is like horror core. And Modest Yahoo is like spiritual Jewish reggae at mm-hmm. the time. And he bef- evolved into the reggae sound too, right? Massive. Like, yeah, isn't and he, that, and that he evolved in so many different ways. Now I would say he's more rock, and he was in rock, and he's back to reggae, and he's just now he's so multifaceted. And he has this, he just you know caters to the core, right? And just wants to do what he d- wants to do, and make dope music. Um, but for me, I like, I definitely want to evolve from these sounds into all different sounds. But I think the ultimate factor for somebody that um you know like when you look at kanye i like kanye because kanye was like clothing kanye was like i'm starting my sunday i should start like the kosher deal synagogue and like all that shit like even though i'm not kanye (laughs) is not like a pastor yeah and i was i was there like when kanye did sunday service at coachella i did mozzacella and i did like i went we were in like eight newspapers we did a passover seder at coachella you know um I went from performing outside Coachella to performing on stage at Coachella. I like to create those stories, and I feel like Kanye's done that. Outside of Kanye, I love Kid Cudi. And, Me too. you know, I really think just his sound is epic. Yeah, super I, original. I just, to be honest, Modesty Aha really inspires me because he just, one, he's put me on so much stuff. And, like, as artist, his artistry is really dope. Like, mm-hmm. he's just he has levels to from the beatbox to the to like to he could do a three hour show he could do and and he always does his thing he doesn't really cater to anyone else what they want which i really respect that even though yeah i want to hear the hits too sometimes but like he'll just do what he wants to do yeah i've seen that 
doesn't give a shit what he, he just plays what he wants a, yeah and i think that's like i think that's a lot of my people that are the people that i like are are you know and i like listen i love necro too like as far as what the stuff i grew up on i like that i like non-fiction i like those but for what new rappers stuff yeah of course like dj Premier. yeah um I just did this 10 Bagel Commandments mm-hmm. thing. I just did a remix over Premier's 10 Crack Commandments, <laughs> um, which was... which was That's Biggie. Yeah. Yeah, but Premier produced it. Did he? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. And the thing is... 10 Cracked Commandments. 10 Crack Commandments. 10 Crack Commandments. Um, and I did 10 Bagel Commandments, and I started rapping about food, because food people love... They love it. So speaking of food people, you know, Action Bronson's awesome. But if if I was shout out anyone that's new that no one heard of, I think people need to check out Homeboy Sandman. Is like really just a really 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 dope New York artist that's worldwide. He's on Stone's Throw and Mellow Music, and he's just kind of also really making really cool shit. And so, how does the Judaism play into what you do? Because you use a lot of references, obviously. Yeah. And, and as how, far as and how does your spiritual practice go? Do you like do you do something actively to? Mm-hmm. Um, culture wise, I'd say, I just think hip hop really taught me how to represent. So hip hop was like represent. So that means I'm representing Jersey to the fullest cause that's where I'm from and represent Israel cause that's where my family's from. And that's what I would assume that hip hop taught me to do that. That's like, you know, this Nas represents Queens, Biggie yeah. represents Brooklyn, Kosher Dill's from fucking Jersey and Kiryat Tivon Israel and from Jerusalem to New Jerusalem. Which is, you know, New Jerusalem is obviously like, you know, what, what I learned to say from like the outsiders and, and like a lot of the New Jersey hip hop groups, which I didn't realize that was a totally practice of another religion <laughs> mm-hmm. um, from five percenters. And I would say as far as I liked to be referenced as kosher Dills, and then I realized that people really, it, it felt like me identifying solely as me, there was no one that was doing that. Because I came from an era where if you sounded like anybody else or you were like, there were no Lil this, Lil that, like those names didn't exist when I started. So you couldn't even, it couldn't be like, you know, MF this, MF that, MF this, MF that. It was not, you know, there was one, there was two, MF Grimm and MF Doom and that's it. Mm -hmm. So I just started like finding references and then I started going to like yeshiva programs in Israel and I was just starting to be like the underground style was like lightning bolts, stone, fire, Evanesh, you know, fucking Torah gems, like just like saying words that people would know, like, you know, challah bread. And then it became funnier. It went from like serious stuff to more comical stuff and saying, you know, you say Jerusalem in a rap, you just said Jerusalem. It doesn't mean you're like some holy scripture of a Jew, <laughs> you just happened to use these words in a rap. And underground rap at the time was sort of like, you know, Wu-Tang spiritual warfare type rap. Mm-hmm. So you wanted to include the spiritual world yeah, into it. Yeah, exactly. And, the, and, and Judaism was your, sounded way, dope. was your way into it. I wouldn't say Judaism was my way into it. I was just using those as references. But being kosher dills in America, because kosher dills is such a Jewish reference from the pickles. Kosher dill pickles. Exactly. That's an American thing. People overseas didn't even understand. They would call me Kasha because Kasha or Kosha is actually also an Indian name. And it's this kind of people, you know. But don't people know it's a pickle reference? In America they do. But outside that. And do you ever get people that think it's like, 
more comedy based because of that yeah a lot of people think it's comical and it is kind of it's funny you know what i'm saying it's like but you're in you, on a joke but you want it to be a comedy based, but it's not a comedy based when act, i want it really. to no it's not but when i want it to be funny i do it you know right. what i mean Your music but then, video where you're dressed up as a hasidic jew in israel is well is, schmoozing yeah, yeah schmoozing. that's a spoof it's, it's a spoofish but it's also serious it's like right. it's like it's a hard ass song but the video is a spoof that's but hilarious. no that's it, but the videos but it's also like when we were shooting it like the guy the jewish guy was shooting it he's from like azerbaijan and shit like he's this russian dude and uh it's like what are gonna make it they're like the jewish gangsters you know <laughs> like we're like and it was true we're like we're in the Sotmark gear so the irony is you're like some badass jewish dudes that are gonna like beat some dude's ass in the schmoozing video, like, don't mess with these Jewish guys. Right. Instead of all the videos that you see with Jews getting chased or getting attacked, so now you have some Jews that look like you wouldn't want to pick a fight with them. Mm-hmm. And that's like the hidden spiritual uh, undertone of that, of trying to be a strong representation in the Jewish community with clout, you know? So it's like that was the idea of kosher deals as a whole was that, like, don't mess with me. Don't mess with Jewish people. We're not some weak, softy crew of people. Yeah, and I don't I th- think people really think that, though. Like, I Jew- think Jews have represented in music like crazy well, like from Lou Reed to Bob Dylan to the Beastie Boys. In rap, it's I another. Mean, st- in rap, Beastie it's Boys, another story. Of course, yeah, Beastie Boys different, but but for specifically and in even the Orthodox, Yahoo. yeah, but in Orthodox Jewry. For sure, at least, especially like at the time that video came out, there were tons of attacks on Jews in Jersey City and Muncie. I think people, it teeters the line of like serious and hard. And I think that's something, the reason why I haven't exploded is because it's not just one trick pony, right? I'm Mm -hmm. not a one trick pony. I'm like a little bit of this, I'm a little bit of that, I'm a little bit of this, I'm a little bit of that. I could do it on the street, I could do it here. So, but uh, in my own evolution, this is something I like to do. You know what I mean? This is, I always like to have some sort of Jewish representation because a big time when I was in jail, like I didn't want to really be Jewish. I didn't really like anything about being Jewish. And then as I became more popular as Kosher Dills, I didn't have to do anything because all the Jews just started appearing in my life because I'm named Kosher Dills. <laughs> <laughs> you go on tour in Montessiao, everyone's like, oh, so yeah, yeah, everyone, Kosher, I've heard of you before. People come up to me on the street now in New York and they're like, hey, it's me, da 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 da, you know? It's really cool. So, it's a clever name. I have to say. I appreciate it. <laughs> I love it. It's a pretty, pretty. It's an epic name. What's your favorite kind of pickle? Um, <laughs> uh, I gotta give a shout out to. Uh, well, I was, you know, one I of am, my friends told me to ask you that actually. Really? Yeah. That's okay. one of my was interviewing well, you, and he said, "Ask him what his favorite pickle." There's is. There's a couple companies I would shout he, out. He thought that was like an amazing question. He's like, oh my and god! I, when he no said that to me before ever. When he said that to me, I was like, I'm not gonna ask him that. And then, but here we are. <laughs> okay. You'd be like, hey, so like you paint, right? So like, what's your favorite color? <laughs> That's a good question, man. I don't. I don't know. It it changes. That's like asking, like, what's your favorite note? It's like they work together. Hit those G's, bro. They work, man. I love a D. I can't help it. So my favorite kind of pickle is um um there's uh there's this company called Marcia's Munchies. Yeah, it's a micro. It's it's a micro brewery for pickles. Um, it's a micro brand <laughs> um they have these little hotties which are like you know they feel tangy but they're hot nice. um yeah i mess with those obviously 
can never go wrong with uh, some Grillo's pickles. Shout out to Grillo's. They have mm-hmm. some nice little stuff, you know, I'll call it. And then I like the pickle guys on Essex. Yeah, obviously the pickle guys on Essex, if you're talking New York and, you know, basically the rest of the world. They always have a stand right here on, on uh, 6th Avenue, right near the theater before COVID. Oh, man. And then. And honestly, I'm going to come out with my own branded pickles too. I've been speaking. I've been. It's been in the works. That's so. what that that needs to happen. Yeah, that, and that you should definitely do. Yeah. When you set up the street stuff, do you have? Is it battery operated, or you plug it in? Yeah, it's a little battery. It's a little battery operated. Bluetooth plugs right to the Spotify. I just run instrumentals off Spotify. Make oh, really? A playlist. Boom, boom, boom. Rap, and then set up the vinyl, and people are like, "Whoa, y'all love this. You're the best." And you got like a wireless mic or just no? The mic plugs into the back of that. All right. And then one speaker. One speaker, man. That's all you need. And every do you do it every day? No, not every day. No, not every day. Um, But you know, I do sort of like rehabilitation commitments. I could be like, at one time, I did a thing called like I did a ninety day street performance where I performed ninety days in the street in a row. Uh And I mean. Anywhere. I mean, it started in January, so it was like cold, and I had to do it here. I got to do it 20 minutes. I would just go out every day, even if I didn't make money, and just record a little bit. You know, day 94, day. I mean, day 54, day 64. Well, you know, until yeah. you hit 90 days, and to the point where, you know, some days we were stretching a little bit. Some days we're kind of cutting it close, but we did it. So do you have any plans in the future, like touring-wise, set up or anything like that? Or are you still no. waiting on everything? Um, I have a tour that was supposed to get rescheduled with Red Gold Green and Little Stranger. There's like these this bands. Um, they're ones based out of D.C., one's based out of Carolina. And I was supposed to be the opening act. And we were doing, you know, the Coachella side parties and this venues on the West Coast to the East Coast. And... Um, I had a festival with like Method Man and Action Bronson and all this oh. stuff got pushed back. And hopefully, you know, in September, they say September, we're going to be doing all these shows. Yeah. But I have a backyard in Brooklyn now. We could maybe do a little 10, p- 10 person private show or something. I, I would be really thrilled. Um, you I'm shifting. definitely do that. I'm shifting to like creating custom songs for, for brands, for tech companies, for performing on Zooms, for performing on clubhouse i'm on this app called clubhouse i'm on it too yeah and i we, just started it's cool it's cool we brought the first call across survivor on clubhouse we're bringing him back on wow. um, in the week coming up and he uh what's your handle on Club? it's just kosher deals okay I'll, yeah. look, I'll look you up but my regular name rami comes up um and doing like i'm just on there like i'm just doing whatever culture i'm just being part of the convo i'm not trying to be the superstar i'm just like part right. of it and and if I could get a couple of new fans and friends that are like really digging what I'm digging, then it's great. It's, you, well, it's cause it's like, it's all substance based. It's all based on conversation. Yeah. It's the opposite of like, or not maybe the opposite, but like the image thing of Instagram and all right. that. It's also image based. This is completely different from that. Once but, you hear but, the voice. but you have to spend a lot of time on it, I think to like really yeah. kind of, that's the only thing. It's a time thing, but it's. I think it's time well spent if you can. It is time well spent if you can. Like you know, for one, there's a lot of like really interesting conversations going on, so you can like. Tap Yesterday, in. I was on the f- on like a thing about how to make it in the music business, and Rob Weiss was in there, who like 
produced and directed Entourage. And I was like, oh, dude, I follow that guy. I'm going to go, Why, what's he doing in there? Mm-hmm. Then I realized he was out of the room, and it was this guy 24 hours who I'd somehow met. He was a rapper under the name Royce Rizzi, and he got signed to Jermaine Dupree, and people didn't know what he looked like for a long time, and he became really popular and just got a gold record. And I followed me online, and he's like, yeah, now I'm going to check out all your stuff. And I got to tell my story to them when there was like 10 people in the room and they didn't want to talk yet because they wanted more people to come in the room. Right. So I was like, sure, I'll talk to you for like right now for, and they got to listen to my story. And if you like have time, that's a big theme about the album. Nobody cares except you. The album was originally called nobody Nobody cares Cares except you. I don't know the rest. Nobody (laughs) cares about anyone. (laughs) But because once you, you're like, oh, this guy, Kosher Dills, asked him about pickles, blah, blah, blah. But then you spend time and you're like, wow, it's actually a bit deeper than you know, a pickle stand or something right, like right. that. And of you course, know, yeah, no, that right. wasn't the vibe. He just but, saw right, 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 right. But in general, <laughs> like it wasn't a diss. But in general, someone walked by, I'll be like, oh, I was just right. some guy rapping on the street. And like, you didn't know that I got a $50,000 commercial rapping on the street. You didn't Super know that Bowl I got... I had too. I had, not from rapping on the street. That no. was, but it, that was, that story was connected. I got that with my, my boy, Jesse Shack, and shout out to Jesse Belief. And then... I went to go support him at the Grammys, which he was nominated for Grammys for doing work with Sia, and I couldn't get a ticket. I tried to buy one for my boy Megaran. I tried to buy someone from somebody else. My roommate um, at the time, Lonnie, who went from being you know a twelve dollar an hour tech at a rehab to now being like a rehab mogul millionaire, and he was a cab driver at the time. And he goes, "Why don't you just go rap outside the Grammys?" I'm like, "No, I should be in the Grammys." The Grammy-nominated <laughs> producer made two of my albums. Like, I should be in there talking with people. And little would I know that I would bring my stupid little speaker outside your stupid little Grammy party and start rapping and meet somebody else who would boom boom something else and bump it a bump And next thing you know, pow. Well, well, that's it. That's, like, you have to just kind so, of, with creativity and everything, you just have to get on with it. And that mantra of nobody cares except you is like uh, is actually really positive to just like mm-hmm. push you know push you towards like don't let the fear of what other people think ever stop you yeah and i got moved that night at the grammys like four times and that year dude was like a defining year 2015 i made like six figures in music i felt like i mean i spent almost the same amount but like because I did the warp, I did warp tour. It was just, it was just like an crazy year. How that happened, and to get a commercial like that that I just said three words in it, and, and it was just on every day in Chevrolet. I had nothing to do with music. It was just like I just got this commercial. It wasn't like here you get a rap in a commercial. It was like no, this is it. And you know, as a, I think as a musician, everyone's like, what's your dream as a musician to make it? And you're like, I just dream to be like always having work so I could get more attention so I could just do cool shit, you know? Like, I hope this podcast gets so many views that I get contacted by someone else and gets me on another journey and then someone else sees you and, you know, and the same thing, you know? I think ultimately I have no choice but to accept that or else I would do something totally different. <laughs> yeah, but it's also, it's the practice of doing it in spite of whatever comes from it that you that part yeah. that you need that part yeah because otherwise not, not stuff isn't always going to happen well exactly that part that part will weather you through the the dry spells of which there will be many in a long career even even for people that have huge amounts of success there's the ebb and flow of life so mm-hmm. you just can't avoid it so i don't know 
it, it's it's good to focus on achievements, but it's also good to just kind of focus on the practice and incremental steps towards yes. what you want to achieve. This year I had a song that was like a big EDM song. I said eight words. It got like the most plays of any song I've ever done in my entire life. And I was like, I can't believe this is the biggest thing I've done. And uh, What was it? Called Sexy, featuring Cascade. And uh, I basically say, this one girl just texted me, yeah, feel really sexy, yeah. And that's it. That's it. Unz, 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 it ain't unz, exactly unz. Bob Dylan, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is like the Rolling Stones, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So, do you do anything actively to manifest, like in terms of, like you know, like that day the, I did just, just uh, well, you put like that day somebody called visualize. me up. He's like, "Could you do this?" And I was like, "Yeah, bro, I'll I'll show up and I'll do it for you. I don't care if it's for your kid sister. I didn't really know what we were doing, and mm -hmm. I we just did a bunch of these vocals, and that's what I ended up on. Yeah. As far as now, do I manifest as in like, like visualize and do all that kind of stuff, like the secret and things like that? I don't, I don't, uh, I do visualize things, but I don't do it in a practice like the secret. I think I just really daydream and I like imagine myself performing in front of thousands of people. Well, that's it. I mean, but. Just that's, you know, that's totally it right there. Um, I do want to manifest, you know, Kanye. instead of, yeah, I would love to manifest that. I would, I am trying to manifest me performing for like a billionaire prince in like Saudi Arabia where I'm like his rapping Corchester. I really want to be like a Corchester. Like Careful a royal family. what you wish for. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> You're like, Koja Dills is going to rap right now, you know. Raelis can go to Dubai now. So yeah, I know, I know, I know. So that market's but, open. But the the thing I really like to do is that, you know, you everyone I think, especially musicians, we want to play for 5,000 people. But there's a difference between playing for 5,000 people and having 5,000 people be there for you. Yeah, um, of course. And, like, I've done those shows, and I, I want to... I want to like go those steps of getting 200 people there for me everywhere I go and 300 people there for everywhere I go. And, you know, I think, you know, right now there's people everywhere and, you know, I just keep attracting them into my life. And, um, I think I'll do that as long as I go out with the, the idea of showing up, you know? Yeah. Are you going, are you in recovery actively? Like, do you go to meetings? Yeah. On Zoom yeah, yeah. And I'm, stuff I'm, like I'm that? a 12 step dude. I mean for, yeah, 16 and a half years. That's so. amazing. It's pretty crazy, dude. I yeah. uh, posted about it recently, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, you're so inspiring." It just feels weird. It just it just feels weird, because you know I rap about fun stuff. You know, I don't rap about the dark struggle of life and being in jail and oh man and the drugs. You know, I don't really. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I rap songs about pickles, Tommy Pickles. You know what I'm saying? Tommy Pickles is on the album. Schmoozing. You know, so. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like this conversation because I think people will be like, whoa, I didn't know you had any substance to kosher dills. But yeah, man, my story is... I knew you were going to be a good, a good conversation. <sighs> Thanks, bro. You well, tell I needed to talk, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to New York. Thanks, man. <laughs> That's yeah. all I could say. That was it. fun. Welcome to New York. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, bro. Yeah, Rami. Yeah, man. Um, where can people buy the album? Um, so I have a band camp, kosherdills.bandcamp.com. And, um, I also have districtlines.com slash kosherdills, districtlines.com slash kosherdills. My merch store has all the merch and the record, but, um, yeah, that's pretty much and it. And then, Insta, which I just subscribed to. Yeah. Kosher kosher Dills. Dills. Yeah. Everything's kosherdills and Spotify. If you guys could follow, 
uh, or subscribe to the where it's on YouTube. So yeah. hit that YouTube and go subscribe. down a kosher dills hole. Just spend two days on a kosher dills wormhole. Oh, <laughs> are they proud of you? Huh? Are they proud of you? I'd are say they, so. Do they like yeah. what you do? Yeah, I think they love it. My mom's That's so fun. impressed. Yeah. She's like, it's so impressive. That's She's amazing. super impressed. Yeah. They still live in Jersey? Yeah, they live in Jersey. Damn. Yeah, they got the house in Israel and the house in Jersey, man. How Let's often see. do you see them? Uh, well, I was there with them for like two and a half weeks while I was just looking for this place. I spent like a long time. Yeah. And, you know, I talk, I, I love, I really love calling them you know because i know a lot of people that have lost their parents so yeah. i i take the pride of calling my mom as much as i can call my father you know and just checking in because i know i will live a longer period of my life without them right you know what i'm saying did they get vaccinated um and mom yeah i think she got vaccinated my pops is still waiting my, my folks mom. got got the first shot lit yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not psyched about getting it myself because I already had it anyway. So yeah, I have but you the had antibodies. it like six months ago. Yeah. All right, Poppy. Yeah. Anyway, all right, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Rami. Thanks, Check it out. Nobody cares except you, Rami. Do you want to give us a line to, to end the? Yeah. Oh, like a rap. A little, Take little, us just out. A little give me a little something. Give something. us a little. What something. should I shout out? Uh, just do off. Nobody cares except you. Oh. Or freestyle. Yeah. So I was saying, should I do a freestyle? Yeah. What should I freestyle about? about? Po- how great this podcast was. What specific words should I use in the podcast? Uh, come to where I'm from, Cafe okay. Bohemia, and Joseph Arthur. Okay. Is that too hard? Is that okay. too much? He wanted to give me a hard word. I'm like, ah, word? He's like, include Joseph Arthur. My bars first. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. Ehud was like, can you rap for me at the Bohemian Cafe? Actually, <laughs> um, come to where I'm from. From where I come, people don't know where I'm Uh, Hey, whatever, bro. I don't need to say anything. It's a hard look. I'm like Cardi B in a commercial with Wayne's World and Garth Brooks. Just kidding. Listen, I mixed up the things and victims of when I rip a rap. I lost my wallet on the train, but I found my pickle mask. Then I found my wallet later, and I kept all the cash. This is the way I rap. You know that it's a fact. And I hope when you see me, you don't give me a dap. You give me a 20 stack. I appreciate my best flows, Western unions, cash apps, Venmos, and all kinds of crazy songs. And we going to get a crazy wrong answer for everyone who doesn't give to my Patreon. And I love this podcast when I'm busting it flies. So if you hang out with me and Joseph and Uhud, I hope you subscribe and like and comment. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, zing. Kosha. Thank you, Rami. Zing, zing, All zing, right. zing, zing. Later, bro. Peace. Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated.